0: This is the View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 17th of September, I nearly forgot, 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. How's it going, everybody? The Belfast Giants are back in domestic competition. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to start the show because I was thinking about this on the way home from work earlier. I want to start the show personally by saying a big thank you to everybody for joining us. I don't think I say that enough. Uh, We really enjoy doing this. We really enjoy having you guys interact with us and, uh, and listening to our podcast, be it you catch it on the Cool App on your podcast clients be that on apple podcast spotify or whatever it is we really enjoy having you guys be part of the show and what a show have we got for you guys we're going to hear in a moment from laura small we're going to talk about that donor initiative we spoke about last week but we'll also hear from paul Swindlehurst, kieran long we'll be chatting with jean dupree and the main man himself omar pasha will be looking ahead with us to the game against the Dundee Stars this Saturday. If you want to get in touch with us at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook.com, you can get us there as well, or podcast at KingdomOfTheGiants.com. And all of our articles, reports, interviews on all of that is on KingdomOfTheGiants.com. So let's get stuck into this review from the bridge. And first of all, Mr. David McGimsey, you've been running around the streets chasing a rabbit.
1: <laughs> yes, Fluffy got out today. uh, The the, the builders at the house next door behind the door says, mate, have you got a rabbit? I "I do, mate. He says, it's it's way down the street there, (laughs) well. This rabbit at the best of times doesn't let you within six feet of it, so I get my bare feet chasing it around the street.
0: Elmer Fudd (laughs) hat. Mate,
1: honestly, it's an absolute prick. It's got zero endearing features. It just eats and poops. (laughs) And it doesn't let you stroke it. And it cost me 40 quid and a hutch. And it's got a, it's got a wee mate that costs 40 quid as well. It's called Jumpy because it just jumps. Jumps. Mm,
0: that's,
1: and that's it
0: costs carrots and kale. It eats better than I do. <laughs> ah, dear. And also, Mr. Joel Neil, who's been hobnobbing it in Whitehall this week. Ooh. A nice little trip down 10 Downing Street to see Bodjou. Eh? <laughs> Vote Neil
2: 2020. Uh, the campaign <laughs> for the party party will be launched shortly, and I'd like all your votes, please. Thank you very much.
0: Enjoy yourself.
2: Ah, it was work, mate. 17-hour day, pretty long day, and uh, I managed to successfully avoid Boris Johnson, though, which was fantastic. He was sort of working the room in Downing Street, and I was pasted against the furthest wall I could find. I mean, you didn't, you, Did you see my old
1: mate oil tank when you were there? <laughs> his oil tank mate. Big, big, big Frank, shivers. I did actually. Yes, uh, I have saw Frank. him. I haven't seen old Barney Rubble on the doorstep. Yeah, him.
2: although, you know, uh, conversely to me, trying to stay out of a picture with a Tory, he was sort of jumping and jostling to try and get, you know, Absolutely. you know how it goes.
0: <laughs> you're, you're listening to the political podcast here. <laughs> Rabbit ticks, Tory ticks, Here we, we go again. Uh, right, let's actually start the show by revisiting uh, something that we had at the start of the show last week, David yes
1: patty obviously um last week we talked very briefly about the opportunity for signing up the organ donation registers giving blood bone marrow and stuff and that obviously all stems from some of the good work that laura does along with a lot of the people that surprisingly large amount of people within just the belfast giants fan base that have needed or donated organs and um You know, it's much, much better coming from Laura than coming from me. So earlier tonight, I got a chance to talk to her. We're joined now by a lady who often gets mentioned in any other business, but she deserves so much better. She deserves her own little slot on the show. And and tonight, we're very, very fortunate to be joined by Laura Small. Smallsy, welcome along to you view from the bridge.
3: Thanks very much.
1: Laura, without going Mm. in, let's let's go straight to the, the, the crux of the matter. Saturday night, special evening, something very close to your heart. Tell us all about it.
3: Saturday night, we're going to be having Organ Donation Awareness Night. Um, Organ Donation Awareness Week has kind of just finished, but just with our games, it's going to work out for us this week. So we're trying really hard to promote becoming a donor, registering yourself, and also not just about um, organs, but also about blood. Both of them need more people to register. There's a real shortage of blood in Northern Ireland, we needed 115 new donors every week, 850 units of blood that are used here every week. So they're always looking for more people. And then obviously becoming an organ donor. It's just, it's so important. One person can save seven people from their organs and you can't use those organs anymore when you're gone. It's just, it's so important to register. It's so important to, to tell your family that this is what you want so that if you haven't registered, that your family still know and they're not Left making that choice because it's, it's a very difficult time for people. And um, if people are able to do it in that moment, it's it's incredible for them. But if they already know that that's what you want or you're already registered, it just makes things a lot easier for everyone. It's a, so amazing, such an amazing thing to do. I suppose one
1: of the major perceptions of organ donation is there's death involved, you, you, you've passed away, whatever, and you know, you donate your organs, but there's so much you can actually do. While you're still here, you talk about blood, you talk about bone marrow, and there's also the option for actual do- donation of of certain organs while you're still alive.
3: Yes, obviously blood and bone marrow you can give alive, and even bone marrow has changed over the years. It used to be associated with um, a lot of real pain and like had to get a big needle in your hip, and it's actually the majority of it is done. I think around ninety-five percent um, of bone marrow have uh, are done through stem cell through blood. So it's not the, the way it used to be. It's not a horrific procedure a lot of the time now. But you can also be a living donor. You can get a kidney um, when you're still alive because you don't actually need autism. I know that that obviously leaves you susceptible if something ever happened to you, but you live in that every day. The people walk in front of the bus, I don't mean to sound depressing, so- but that's the reality of it. So today I met a woman whose husband had given her um, his kidney while well, he was alive. I mean, what, what better thing could you do for your wife? You can never win another. She'll never win another argument in her household. But <laughs> it like, was an incredible thing to do, I and mean, he said he cause he loved her and he didn't want her to, to die basically, and so we might dress that up.
1: Let's talk about Saturday night here. How can people actually get involved at the game?
3: Okay, well in the foyer we're going to have a table which will have forms to join for blood donation. And we'll also have forms to join for organ donation. And um, there'll be people there who've actually made that decision to give their loved ones organs um, away in that moment. And um, they'll be there if you've got any questions. Um, I'm there, or well, I'll be at the merchandise. But I'm there if anyone's got any questions at all. i will also have I'll also be showing a video um, of Giant fans who it's affected. It's crazy that in such a small. Uh, percentage of the population. So many people have been affected, like just really quickly. Blake had a heart valve, Dylan needs a liver, and Nicole had a cornea transplant, Tom's had 300 blood transfusions and two bowel transplants. Um, that lady had her kidney. It's just insane. And then another lady had a heart. It's, but like, that's just in a really small percentage of our population. How many people are affected? It, 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 it doesn't discriminate. It affects. People it doesn't matter about your gender. It doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about your religion. It doesn't matter about your color. It doesn't matter about anything. It can affect anybody at any time from both sides. You look at Dylan. He's 15, and he's waiting two years now on a liver. It, it doesn't matter what age are So it's so important to consider it and to think about what you can do, especially when you're not here.
1: Yeah, and that. Uh... Let's also talk about, I think we, we, we put it out last week, we'll put it out again this week. If you can't make the game this weekend, obviously you'll be tuned in to Belfast Giants TV. But if you're not at the arena and, and you can't get signed up for this, is there any way you can you can link up with you online on this?
3: Yes, there's um, a ton of different things. So for blood, the easiest way is probably by text. You can text the word blood to 681. If you want to email me at nora at BelfastGiants.com for any... Contact details for any of the organisations that's the problem, and um, probably the easiest way to register to become a donor is if you're not going of be at the arena, is online at organ donation forward slash register. It's I, I'm not exaggerating; it's like a, a minute of a form, if you even. It's just your details, the organs that you're going to submit, and then that's it. That's done, and yes, hopefully you'd be able to help someone whenever you're no longer here in 35
1: seconds well that's something that we obviously mentioned if you listen back to last week's show you, you'll hear a little bit of detail about it Laura's going to be on this week's show and uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep pushing this over the next few weeks on, on Twitter to help you out as well but we can't Thank have you. we can't have you on the podcast not everyone will have had the pleasure yet of, of knowing Laura and what she does but we have to we have to ask you about Jim and Mitzi and how they're doing and, and, and what's going on with them at the minute
3: um, uh, they're good. Uh, they're in Texas at the minute. Um, there's a potential chance they might come back before Christmas but that'll be dependent on Jim's health, but um Missy's great. Uh, she had cancer about 18 months ago, but she's made a full recovery and she's still completely bonkers. Um, Jim had um, very good days and some not-so-great days, but the days that are good are brilliant. And he still follows the team and he's still I was there in July and we would spend a lot of time going over everything and he because he was around in Adamsane, he just loves it that he's still there and that he's doing so well. But he obviously loves big, big sports fan and games, So he really enjoys hearing about it. And then if Dad's over, he'll put games on for him. So he's still very much interested in it, which is great. And it was such a huge part of our lives as a family.
1: And and what a legacy. Jim left, not only would there not be a club if it wasn't for Mr. Belfast, but the legacy that he left behind it, we often call we, we don't know whether it's that actual legit thing, but we call it the Jim Glesby cause that these players, you know, they either have it in their contract or they're, they're told very, very quickly when they get into Belfast that you have to be part of the community, you have to be going out like smoke going out to the, the children's hospital the other week, all these things that the players do for no reward other than they want to be part of the Belfast community and that's a legacy of Jim?
3: Yeah, I just, I know that it was really important to him that to be part of something that like give back to community and that you can't just take from the community, you have to give as well. And it was always, Jim was a very quiet person, but he was a very, very kind person. He is, I'm He is he a very kind, <laughs> yeah, terrible. He is a very kind person, but it, it always was under the radar. It was never big gestures or look at me. Like for, for a lot of time, nobody would have known who Jim was. He sat in a seat, he never, like he, there were times he wanted to go downstairs and maybe to see someone that he couldn't have got down and he would never have said, like, listen up, I am the team, let me downstairs, Like he would never have done that. So it, it's great that his, his memory and the, the thing that he wanted to, the, the chance to do to be in the community is still, is still going. And I think as long as some of the people that are there are still there, and Robert's a big believer in it too, so it's great to have Robert back in it as well, as like Adam and Thornton and Brooksy, all those people that were around in the time. Carrying it all, it's
1: a very special place. I know, and you're very self-effacing there, Laura, because you've mentioned Brooksy and Adam and Thortz and Robert and all those people that put their shoulder to the wheel and that do their little bit. But I, I, I think you'll not thank me for saying it. a lot of this stuff. I think not, you should stop now. No, it doesn't happen without, without you, Laura. So we'll we'll not go any further than us as a fan base saying thank you to you for all you do for the club and for, and for all the kids that are involved. I've seen it firsthand on many occasions. You light people's lives up, so we thank you for that. And oh. thank you for passing on our regards to Uncle Jim. And, I will, surely, we'll thank hopefully you. Hopefully, see him before
3: Christmas. Yes, hopefully, thank you very much for your time and for helping promote this. It's a really special cause.
0: Thanks very much to Laura. Um, I'm actually going to say something here because. I felt a bit of shame talking about it last week because I, I probably, you know, I've, I have signed up for a donor card and I, I have done for a long time, but one thing I hadn't done and one thing I probably should have done was, um, was give blood and out of my, out of the fact that we were talking about it last week I signed up and uh, on Thursday I'm going to go to Sale CL Rugby Club and uh, give blood for the first time have to say, a little bit anxious because um, I'm not great with needles never have been but despite the fact that that's the case it's such an important thing to do and something that I'd like to have on my own schedule on a more regular basis so definitely something that people should get involved with because if I can sign up for it now let's be fair, I've not gone yet. You know, I have to come out of work and drive there yet, but uh, if I can if I can sign up to it, I, I'm sure everybody else can.
1: I've given blood um and I'll, I'll hopefully do it again. I always had this thing about giving blood and it was always on a Friday and it was like, I do want to give blood and then I got football on Saturday. It was always yeah. like, well, that wasn't an excuse. It was always just something in my head made me think I wouldn't perform as well the next day, but you know, the career's winding down, let's be honest boys, <laughs> you know, so I Good think few years a yet.
0: Few Uh, i I hear city need to center
1: half (laughs) it'll not be me mate Um, (laughs) but but we'll go back to to what you're saying there and you know you can there's actually you know organ donations live organ donations which is a big big commitment you know and then there's obviously i i I personally think that signing up to an organ donation register is a big thing you know it's Mm -hmm. very very easy to do but it's a it's a it's a big decision um, talk to your family about it. We we'll talked to Laura about that during the during the chat. There, you know, it's important that even if you haven't signed up to the donor register, that maybe if you've spoken to your family and that time happens uh, when you're least expecting it, that you know your family will know that it was your wishes and stuff. And it's it's a difficult subject. Let's not skirt around it either. But you know, it also led us nicely towards uh, a little chat about Jim Gillespie and all the things that Laura has done for the club Absolutely. and continues to do over the year. Just need to see her earlier on. I having dinner there with with some of the ones she, she looks after. The amount of kids that she puts a smile on their face and goes way over and beyond what is necessary. And, you know, she doesn't, she she will not thank us for this, for platitudes
0: or, or talking about her, but she really is one of a kind, lads. Joe, just briefly let you have your say on the, on the topic. It's such an important one, and Laura does some fantastic work.
2: It is, and Patty, similar to you, I'm I'm gonna just completely come clean. I'm not signed up to an, an organ donor register. Um, I have never given blood. I mean, I, I'm someone you guys know. I've, I've got a bunch of tattoos, and, and I'm getting tattooed fairly regularly. And it's it's an old sort of uh, an old thing that I I've heard since forever, but I've never actually educated myself on. They say if you've had a tattoo within a certain amount of time, you can't give blood. Blah blah blah. My problem is just lack of education, and it's quite nice that the show is is shining a light on this because it's prompted me to go and learn. And, and to actually get it sorted you know as, as, as you guys say it's something that you can very easily throw an excuse in front of um but look i, I may be the most disorganized person in the world but um from hearing it kind of close to home uh, on the show last week and, and with laura tonight it's something that i want to learn more about and, and to have that conversation with my family i want to get signed up to do a donor register and i want to actually find out if i can give blood because if i can i'm i'm obviously okay with needles so i might as well do it for a constructive reason as opposed to
1: getting stupid tattoos you know <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna set a little challenge here if you, you go I don't mean this in a, a nasty way Go educate yourself Because I don't know I, I remember when I got my tattoo at first uh, For the love of my country I remember that <laughs> it, 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 it said something that you know you can't you can't give blood Now for X amount of time or whatever And uh-huh. you know, I, I did subsequently go and get blood But if you can We'll set a little Because I know Ciz does You've said you will I will Patty will So there's the four of us uh-huh. We'll set a little target For the season Yep and we'll see if we can if we
0: can tick it off. Who can donate the most?
1: No, just the, even. Like
0: <laughs> I, I assume you can donate every couple of Let's months. See. Or, Let's see. Let's see by the time. end of the season between the four of us how many pints of blood we've donated. Do
2: you know what it is? It's uh, it's not whether I can or whether I can't. It's that I've never actually bothered to find out for yeah. sure, and that's what I want to
1: change. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Only I can turn Kevin Blood into a competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: I know. They can,
2: Do you want to get interested? Do you what's want to put the, a bit of money on it? Or?
0: <laughs> b- before, we, before we get stuck into the actual hockey, Davey, what's the website? Oh, great. <laughs> <Crap. laughs> I there thought you had that lined up. Organ Donation NI. Just <laughs> Google Organ Donation. .info. Organ Donation NI.info. N-I N-I .info. And if that's, and if that's, that's not, not right, right Google <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty sure it's organdonation.info. We'll we put a little clip from last week's show Yes. on Twitter, and it has it on that, so... Go and look on Twitter. <laughs> go and look at it. <laughs> uh, it's sort of
2: it's 2019,
1: just go and
0: find it, Flipchake. It's, you it's, the, it's you. the sort of information you get from us here in A View from the Bridge. Uh, right, no, let's get... On. Right, right. Go on. Give me one second. <laughs> Fill, uh, fell their voice, fill. I'm the stat-, stat blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the stat man. I stopped that one. I love This one.
4: Oh baby, baby.
0: <laughs> Still filling, baby. Come on.
2: It's descended into chaos from the off this Week, like,
1: what? What do you got, Davey? Nah, I don't have anything. <laughs> I think it's organ donation. And
0: I thought intros, All right, sure. okay, let's get stuck in. Uh, let's get stuck into the games. Um, the Belfast Giants returned to domestic competition with Challenge Cup and Elite League action on Saturday and Sunday. A mixed weekend and a lot of action to talk about. We'll start with that game at the SSE Arena against the Glasgow Clan. Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup action for the Giants in retention of that trophy. It was also the night when the, the Elite League banner went to the rafters of the SSE arena. But it was a six-one victory for your Belfast Giants. Giants goals came from a shorthanded one from Ward, a power play goal from Smotherman. Hamilton, Morgan, Long and Leonard rounding out the goals for the Giants. The only goal for the clan came from Scott Pitt on the power play. In regards the goalies Uh, Shane Owen, 23 shots against, 1 goal against Killeen, 38 shots against, 6 goals against, and your referees were Stephen Hogarth and Andy Dalton. Um, Missing from the game for the Giants was Liam Reddicks and Jesse Forsberg. Uh, Joel, I'll start with you on this, a comprehensive victory for your Belfast Giants.
2: Yeah, going to use the coach's term. It was a complete team performance. Absolutely awesome to see six different names on the score sheet. And uh, the only time the Giants conceded was on uh, on a five on three, which I'm sure we will talk about mm-hmm. um, again. that's uh, something I've I've been rabbiting on about. Sorry, David, since the start of the <laughs> <laughs> since the start of preseason, uh, the penalty the kill ribbit, was ribbit, sensation.
3: Ribbit.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, just yeah. have that? Perfect. Sorry, go on. Uh, the, the penalty kill once again sensational. I feel like it's becoming a real focal point of this Giants team. Um, just I, I feel so confident whenever we're on the kill, and it's it's now the the number of guys that are contributing to that. The coach mentioned it in his post game interview. I've talked about Kevin rain being the quarterback of that kill unit, but you can throw anybody on, and it's it's more the ethos as opposed to the abilities of individual players. And yeah. um, kill unit was five for six during the game, and the one goal was a, a five on three. Um, and not only that, they scored a shorty. Uh, Lewis Hook tore off from that red line like a weapon. He's and,
0: uh, been doing afford- that a lot. Actually, oh, a man. lot of breakaways for Hook at the minute
2: his jets have uh, upgraded I think in the past season or so um, and if he if he tightens up if he maybe sharpens that finish a little bit more you're looking at, I honestly we've, we've said it before but Lewis Hook's best years are in front of him still um, and it, it just goes to, to show he obviously intended to play it off the backboards. So uh, he knew Wardy was crashing down behind him so he thought you know I'll, I'll slap this to the left and, and Wardy will finish <laughs> let's go with that, that sounds good but Lewis <laughs> Hook is, is not far away from being an electric Brit, he already contributes he already has fantastic jets but yeah look i couldn't be more happy uh to be honest the clan were not much of an opponent you know we we extremely we, we, we um limited their zone time to the extreme they just could not set themselves up in the giants uh, d zone uh the giants high press completely suffocated them for the, the duration of that and to be honest i think colleen was hung out to dry by that defense for the majority of the game but listen no complaints great start
0: Interesting point there from from Joel Davy on the performance of the clan. A number of those players quite highly rated when they came in, but they they, they seem a bit disjointed. I'm not taking away from Mm. what was an excellent performance from the Belfast Giants, but the Glasgow Clan themselves just didn't at times couldn't string passes together. Disjointed was the very word
1: I was going to use, Patrick. it's just, you know, we won all three periods. We put them under pressure at key times. Right from the get-go, I think we were pretty strong. And uh, surprisingly, it took us to get the shorthandless goal to get us going. And, you know, Joel's already talked about the goal, but you know, Brian Ward at the weekend just keeps crashing in there looking for rebounds. And he, he's going to get his rewards over the season, three points on the night. But, you know, for them to come up with really nothing that overly stretched she and Owen apart from... On the 5-on-3, which I know Simon Kitchen's got plenty to say about.
0: Um, <laughs> that
1: That's coming. You know, I, I think that Kiefer will be pretty pleased the way the goals were spread around the team. And, you know, especially we are playing, you know, short and injured in different places. And, you know, pretty decent performance for your first home game in domestic action after being on that, that bit of a, a CHL road trip, if you want to call it that, you know, away for. Guts of a week from, from, from home, and happy enough to start off with that. And you know, as you say, it's very, very difficult to come up with anything sort of any decent platitudes about the Glasgow clan because we're stinking on, on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I, I was I think a so- bit sorry for Fitzy there, and that yeah, he's came in and he, he's he's trying to maybe you know, it's his first coaching job. I don't know whether he was assistant coach anywhere before, and, and, and any of his previous teams there, what is you know. Was he doing any, you know, assistant coaching with the role or whether he stepped up just straight from playing and that kind of role, which happens quite a lot in the elite league. Not always successfully. We wish him very well. Obviously, you don't want anyone with everyone to be successful in their job, except when they're, they're playing against you. But, you know, that team needs something else. It doesn't. It just doesn't have
0: that, you know, as Neil Russell we call it, doesn't have any X factor in there at the moment. I was quite surprised by Fitzy's reaction in the post-game interview. Of course, he's not going to come out and throw his team under the bus because it's only the opening weeks of the season. But Joel, he came out a lot more positive from a 6-1 thrashing than I than I really expected.
2: It's, uh, it's It was confusing to me too, and I'm still not sure how to read it. You know, it's... Uh... It's still very early in the season, but this is a team that had started domestically one and two. The Dundee Stars had absolutely whipped them around the place for a big four-pointer to open their season. Uh, I, I know that it's tough to come on the road and, and to play in Belfast, especially coming off uh, a CHL run whenever your games have been domestic so far. And that's not to undermine our own league, but I do think that the Giants just had that jump on them. They've been playing hockey at a much more intense pace. Um there are mitigating factors that you could maybe point to. uh, But I I guess, Paddy, what else is he supposed to do? You know, uh, he has to put on that brave face and say, look, this will come good. And if it was Adam Keefe, you know, he would hold his hands up and say, look, I've got things to learn. There were things that we didn't do right. But, you know, what do you achieve by saying, yeah, we sucked, you know?
0: That's very true. Um, About five on three. Now, I want to talk about refereeing myself as well when we come to the Storm game, but I bow to the superior knowledge and intellect, especially of the game, and the uh, the words you're about to hear come from Mr. Simon Kitchen.
5: I just wanted to drop a wee message in with regards to the officials in the last couple of weeks. Um, it needs to improve. The whole season, I understand it's the start of the year. Uh, I understand slashings being called. I understand... Uh, holding the stick and holding calls are all going to be enforced. That's absolutely fine. No issue about whatsoever. I also agree with the penalty that the Giants got on uh, Saturday night for too many men on the ice. But then to pick up a call to make it a five-on-three for a full two minutes for the clan, just because a player turned around and said, oh, for f sake, catch yourself on, is an absolute joke. This needs to stop. Referees need to have a thicker skin. Andy Dalton, I said to him after the match on Saturday night um, that I thought it was a joke and I'm not going to change my my mind right now. Um, And I told him I was going to give a pelters in the webcam, the podcast on uh, Tuesday night. Obviously, I'm not going to be there all night tonight. But Andy, you really need to catch yourself on that call. I think it's an absolute joke. Uh, The whole league has improved over the last couple of years. It's got faster. The referees... You know, it's not an easy job. Don't get me wrong. I have no interest in doing it. Absolutely none whatsoever. But it needs to improve. These stupid, stupid calls that players are are getting at this level, it happens in every single league all over the world. Every moment. You know, there's, there's emotions get up and things are said, but they just need to be, guys, okay, catch yourself on, away you go, and just ignore it. If it had been anybody else, you probably would have ignored it. But the problem is... These calls are going to start stopping top-quality players coming to this league. The league has got better and better and better. Last year was the best it's ever been in the EIHL. And not just because the Giants won the league, but I'm talking about throughout the league itself. The whole system, with regards to the officials, whether it's on the ice or off-ice, needs to improve. Mike Kix is doing a great job regarding the operations side of things. There's no doubt about that. Luke Fisher doing a brilliant job with regards to the media side of things, it's definitely improving and the new system that they've brought in, which is live and, and we can get on Giants TV is brilliant, absolutely brilliant but this side of things is the only thing that's not moving forward in my opinion, it might be the only one you guys can discuss, but I think it really does need to take a massive step up, because we want it to keep on continuing to get better at every single level but this is going to stop players coming to this country, I was chatting to a top, top player in the Belfast Chance today. I was in cargo coffee for lunch with Taff, and this is a newcomer to the league, and he was saying the same thing to me today. Taff was also mentioning the mentioned last week in the podcast, about how good the officiating was in the CHL game between the Chance and Augsburg in Germany. That's the level we need to get to. But players and officials, yes, I know they've all got difficult jobs. I know emotions get up, but I thought that was an absolute joke. With regards to Sunday's game, and the point getting that penalty, Liam Sewell, he's a he's had an absolute stinker there. How can you get an interference call when he's holding the bloody puck on a stick and the, the Storm guy's putting him under pressure? That leads to the clan, or sorry, the Storm's goal. Absolute joke. That's all I'm
4: saying in that matter.
0: He did say the adults that he'd said, so here, there you have it. <laughs> um, Davey, the five on three and the reasons behind it that led to their goal, do you agree with sis? Um, yes, I,
1: I guess I agree with Sam to a certain extent. He's put a very, very good argument together. There. And I've always been the defender of the Stripies on this show. And I, I'll stick with that because, you know, I, I'll say it again, without them, there just isn't a game. But, and this is a big but underlined. And I like big buts. Know, <laughs> I can't lie, man um oh, God. You know, sorry, Joel. It's like listening to dads. It is listening to
2: dads. <laughs> That's
1: what we are, mate. That's, That's what we are. Mate. It comes to us all. Yeah. Um, where were we? um, yeah, look, if it's a little bit of blue language, you have to accept that in an industry like that any sport where passions are up and heckles are up and there's been a call you know too many men call. Obviously, there's a lot of frustration about in the bench when that happens as well. To say you know for, for you know BBPS, it it's, it can't put another team on a five on three. Okay, it hasn't killed us that night. It's it's we've conceded a goal. It's cost us a goal ultimately, which um you know won't please the coaching staff, won't please the players, won't please the fans. You know, so the referees are part of the game but people aren't paying in to see them and I don't want to go too much into
0: it Simon has said it all perfectly to be quite honest with you uh, what sort of effect do you think it has on the game Jill?
2: That is honestly my core point here. Um, we were—I was sort of thinking about it earlier. Um, whenever, whenever I kind of heard that that clip from Simon, uh, which is, is excellent. But I mean, I guess kind of like Davy and and maybe yourself to a degree, Paddy. I'm I'm a pro ref guy. Like uh, guys like Dolls, guys like Hoagie they're good guys. They're guys who love hockey. You couldn't do that job and not love your hockey. It's a tough job and and it's very thankless. But to me, and I've, t- I've said this before, I'm sure in previous seasons. But there's a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law policing the game by the letter of the rule book impacts the quality of the product. And that's what we saw there to me, a good referee, to a certain extent, takes their interpretation of the rules and places them, you know, evenly, fairly in the context of the game that they're refereeing. And to me, on sportsman like is open to that interpretation, especially when it lands aside in a full two minutes of five on three. Uh, you see, if you go on to YouTube and you watch any ECHL, AC, eh, sorry AHL, NHL, mic'd up video the refs are communicated with in the exact same manner as what we're talking about here, but they give it right back and, in fact, moreover, the, the frankness of the referees' communication then helps the players to toe the line. The, re, the the players know where the refs stand, and they and if they screw up, it's on them. There are fewer surprises coming the players' way, and that makes for a more flowing game. Like, and I know I'm not I'm not just saying that a ref should uh, take his interpretation, his or her interpretation of the entire rule book. There are infractions that you must call down the middle for safety reasons, major penalties, whatever. Um, and if you apply that kind of ethos, it must be applied on both sides fairly but um my, my I guess my example here it's something that was always said about Tom Darnell especially in his earlier years he lets the boys play and it's that phrase he lets the boys play and um, I used to look forward to a Darnell game especially around like 2012 onwards to about 2015 whatever uh, over anyone else because I knew that the focal point of the night would be the hockey and not some dumb call or some call out of nowhere that disrupts the flow of the game um you know, I'm trying to be constructive in what I'm saying there, and I know that there's a big rule book, and there's a lot. it happens at a very fast pace, but I think there's a way to do it that involves interpretation and using the spirit of the law as opposed to just, well, the rule says that, so you're in for two minutes.
0: I think it's certainly something that we'll come back to when we talk about the uh, we'll talk about the storm. In fact, let's talk about the storm. On the Sunday, the Belfast Giants travelled to Ultringham, to what is officially known as the Drizzledome Planet Ice in Ultringham, to take on... The Manchester Storm in their first game against them this season. Uh, first elite league game for the reigning champions. And unfortunately, an overtime 2-1 defeat. Uh, the only goal coming for the Giants from Curtis Hamilton and for the Storm, Lynn Omer on the power play, Jared in overtime, uh, 54 seconds into the overtime after Jean Dupuis had hit the post. Bit of a scuffed play, went back of the net past and gave the full two points. To the Storm, the Giants picking up just the one. Uh, the goalkeeper, Shane Owen, 30 shots against, one goal against. Uh, Matt Ginn, 35 shots against, one goal against. I'm not convinced of those shots on Shane Owen, you know. Like, I don't think Shane Owen faced a single shot for the first 12 minutes of the game, so I'm surprised it's, it's as high as 30. Anyway, referees, which I'll come to, Tom Perry, Liam Sewell, missing Jesse Forsberg, Liam Reddix and Patrick Mullen, who didn't play the third period in uh in belfast the night before and was missing for this trip um the game was preceded we spoke about this last week but the game was preceded by uh an excellently observed one minute silence for the sad loss of vicky thomas davy yeah
1: um impeccably um observed and of course the, they obviously had their own tribute as well and Sheffield over the, over the weekend for a very highly regarded lady around the game, around those two clubs and around the league, clearly, and, uh, you know, for a, a very highly regarded family as well. Sad times. And uh, we, as we did last week, we wish the, the Thomas family every every success going forward. And I know that the, there'll be plenty of support in Manchester and Sheffield and beyond for them. But, you know, we move on to the, the Manchester game. And as you said, you know, I... You were there, Paddy. You'd be much better placed to, to talk about it here. We'll throw this back to you. I thought, as you've sort of alluded to, this game could have been dead and buried in the first fifteen minutes. Unfortunately, the Giants just couldn't take a. I think we've had a post there in the first first few minutes as well. Um, if we came out from that first period maybe with a bit of a healthier lead, it might have been a bit of a different
0: game. But uh, what was your take on it? Dominant, mate. I thought we dominated the game to a large extent there were periods of time when the storm obviously had their ascendancy but more often than not, the Giants had them pinned in their own zone, but just couldn't find that finish. I thought Matt Ginn, as the game went on, had a better game than he did early on. He had a bit of a, a flap at things. I thought the goal for for um, for Hamilton again uh, needs to take a large response. a lovely strike, a lovely shot from from the right hand side, but let's put, let's be fair. Matt Gin 's not screened. Uh, uh, Curtis Hamilton's winding up for quite a bit of time before he hits it. he's in wide open space it just goes straight through again you could see how angry he was I think he must have shook his head about it for the next five minutes but after that the storm got a little bit tighter in the post games you heard from the guys about how you know how tight a rink and how difficult it is to play there because there's just sticks in the way and it's you know, players not so much trying to have a you know some sort of tactical defense as just being a spoil, get in the way, just just crowd around the net, just make as little space as you can possibly make, and it it worked for them in a big way. The Giants were passing it around the outside, taking shots on the outside, and and not really getting all the way to Ginn. But anything that Gin did see after that, he was saving. Um, the goals, well, I, I despair on the Elmer power play goal because. I I I am adamant that the call that that, that put I think it was Dupree actually the, the call that put him in the box was a uh, was an interference call. I'm convinced he had the puck. I don't know how you can call it, but it's a stretch pass going straight oh. down through the yeah. middle. It, it goes on to stick. He shoulders him off uh, and carries on. They, they get the, with with the puck and and the referee calls an interference. And from that they they score in the power play to make it one one. And then going in the overtime, that goes all the way through the over going into the overtime, Dupree again has the chance to finish it on the left hand side, smashes it, it hits the outside of the uh Things the outside of the post, they go up the other way. There's a bit of a scuff play. Players on their backside, and it comes to the stick of who puts it in the backhand in the back of the net, uh, and and they take the full two points. And credit to them, you know, they, they celebrated like the one the Stanley Cup. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> credit 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 to them, you know, it's uh, the it's the game against the champions. You, you saw you saw how Norwich City. Uh, celebrated when they beat Man City on on Saturday. You know it, it was more or less the same thing in in Aldringham on Sunday, and no doubt it's a, it's it's a big thing for them because you know they've they've had a tough in pre season. They've had a few tough games. So with the champions coming into their barn, they wanted to make a mark, and they certainly did that. Um, but I think the Giants can can hold their head up high. mate, because regardless of the result, I actually think there are a hell of a lot of positives from a team. There were three, you know we were we're missing Forsberg, Mo Small, two guys on the back end. I thought the D were pretty solid. I thought going forward, we had a hell of a lot of chances. And am I disappointed with the result? 100%. Am I disappointed with the performance? Not in the slightest.
1: Obviously, sort of halfway through the second period, Jean Dupuis called for interference. They score on, we get called for roughing, And then as soon as he's out, sort of obviously we had a chat when they're in the box and uh, Matthew Gagnon
0: and uh, Jean Dupuis have a little tilly, as Jill would call it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was on. It was. Uh, I will say, it's on. It was on my side of the rink. Um. So, anybody that's been to the 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 DD knows that if <laughs> anything's on your side of the rink, you're not really seeing it very well because not only have they done away with the uh the the screens, the screens don't work anymore. But uh, okay. so anything anything on your side of the rink, you're not seeing. So it was. <laughs> I'll say that I didn't see a lot of the fight because it was on my side of the rink and most people stood up. that just obscured. So you had to go right down to the front. I've subsequently watched it on uh, on video. And um, fair play to Jean Dupree. We'll hear from him later on. Fair play from Jean Dupree. You know, Gagnon's a, a big unit with a, with a reputation and, uh, and used to this sort of thing. And he's throwing big digs. Dupree stays on his feet and then levels him with a with a left that puts him on his backside. You know, uh, you you got a credit to credit Gagnon, obviously hurting from it, got up and give it the big you know champions belt and 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 haven't to the crowd, wanting to get obviously wanting to get his own team fired up. The game was a bit feisty; it had its moments, but that's exactly what Storm's game is, and it worked for them. Um, but credit to Dupree; I thought he I thought he was excellent, and he came back into the game and he could have won it. Joel, one of the little nuances obviously from you know being around the elite league, we play a lot of games
1: on the two hundred foot ice and other rinks that are you know, it's smaller. Call them that, smaller, <laughs> Very compact, diplomatic. Different different sort of of setup, the locker rooms and that kind of thing. Just how much of a you know, a factor is that do you think from the Giants have played their first eight, nine games on the big ice and all of a sudden the guys have, have been thrown into that wee rink?
2: It's definitely a factor. Uh, can I just start by saying that I am beyond glad that I don't have to watch hockey on that ice pad every week. It's so disjointed and so claustrophobic. There's there's very little space to be creative, but the small ice is definitely a huge factor, and, and it was in this game. It curtails what you can do in open ice. It curtails what you can do on an offensive zone cycle. To win games like that, you need to get gritty. you got to go to dirty areas, go to the corners. You've got to find ways to get on the net with very little build-up play. Um the thing is and Patty said it there and that's maybe what's so frustrating the Giants did that they played the fringes really well they dumped and chased they dug the puck out of the corners Um, And that's what hurts. I think we should have been 3-0 up in that first period. Um, Honestly, I thought we should have won. I don't think the Manchester Storm really arrived into the game until the third period. To give Matt Guinness due, he was excellent. There were a couple of fantastic reflex saves there. But the Giants were just throwing everything at that game. And just sometimes you don't have the rub of the green. Sometimes it's just not your night regardless. Um, You know, there were bodies down blocking shots on the kill. Uh, We were down, as you guys guys say, Forsberg, Reddix, Mullen. Um, Dupuis showed the passion with that tilt. Super impressive and to lose it and over time the way we did, we did was a heartbreaker I'm going to take a point on the road a point on the road is gold dust and, and it can be the literally the difference between a championship and coming second at the end of the season but um, I felt a little bit robbed that we didn't come out uh, of Manchester
0: with a full two points it hasn't been a particularly happy hunting grind for us over the last yep I agree with you. It's a, a just a point I was going to come in with the fact that the last time we played there, we lost and we lost pretty badly uh, when we were chasing a title. And thankfully, you know, the, we were able to still pick up that title. It's been a very oh. difficult place to play because because the storm. They train there. They play there. They they they, yeah. they know that ice. They they know exactly how to play I- inside those boards and and they utilize what they have to to make it a difficult place to play. Um, you know, are they, are they going to pull up trees this season? I don't think so. Are they going to, are they going to be a difficult team to play in that rank? 100%. And the Giants are going to probably, you know, they, they've been renowned to storm since they've come back into the league. We've taken points off the Giants at least once or maybe twice a season. And this is just another case of it. No doubt, you know, first, first elite league game of the season, one point on the road, you know, regroup. We'll go back into the SSE next week and we'll go again. And on that point, um, if you want to get the the excellent game reports from from Mister Neil, the the highlights and the uh, the post game interviews, kingdomofthegiants.com dot com for all of that information. Right, uh, let's go for a few of uh, interviews from training. Mister Simon Kitchen, who you heard from earlier on, popped out training today and uh, had a chat with Mister Swindlehurst and Mister Long. Paul well, um day off today uh, and you're still in the rink. Um, what's your body up to this morning? Uh, we got some
6: press stuff for organ donation and blood donation around Northern Ireland and then around 1.30 we're on the ice with Blake and Dylan for a little skate about because uh, Dylan's been medically cleared to go on the ice to play some hockey so it'll be his first time back on the ice in a very, very long time. Never get a day off, so you know. Never day, get a day off, but it keeps me out of trouble, so I'm happy with that. Um,
4: the weekend, uh, mixed uh, uh, fortunes for the Giants coming out with a, a home victory 6 1 demolition of the clan It was a, a dominant performance. Uh, you must have been happy the way the boys uh, came out to play, and, and obviously playing a big part of that because they lost Pat Mullen
6: um, after uh, well, n- not very long into the second period. Yeah, you, can, you can't. You can't uh, have anything to ask for anything more from the home opener. 6-1 against Glasgow. Uh, it was a solid game from everybody and halfway through the game we lost Molly, so we went back down to 5-D uh, and the boys pulled through and they worked hard for us. So to get 6-1 for the home opener is good and Sunday it just, it just wasn't meant to be. Obviously going into Manchester is a very hard building, small ice, everything happens a bit quicker. Uh, we were short bench too. Uh, We've got a few bodies out at the minute but... Yeah, it's always a tough, tough game when you're going to Manchester, and for it to get to overtime, it's always a, a lottery who gets it. Then
4: you lost the first game last year,
6: uh, went on to
4: end up champions, uh, but you picked up a point this weekend. Um, as you said, it's always difficult to play against Manchester, and no, Barn. You know that because you played there for um, a couple of seasons too.
6: Yeah, obviously it's tiny ice; everything happens a bit quicker. Manchester have got a good, fast team this year, uh, but yeah, see, it's, it's, it's good to get the ball rolling, see what the league's like, and it should be a good, it should be a really good season for us.
4: Looking forward to this week. Um, We've got Dundee in the Challenge Cup and then Nottingham at home on Sunday. Uh, Two teams again that you've played for. Uh, You've been around a while, haven't you?
6: Yeah, I know. I've played for a few teams in the league, but I'm I'm happy here and I kind of want to stay here, so I'll have to keep it that way. But yeah, this weekend will be a big challenge. Uh, Dundee seem like a good team and obviously Nottingham are always a good team in the league. So it's nice to get a few more games under the belt and uh, see where we end up
4: and just joining the, I, I didn't recognise this guy when he came in through the there with a new new bonnet new haircut Kieran Long uh, Kieran you picked up your uh, first goal for the chance on Saturday night against the Klan um, I must have enjoyed that one
7: yeah it's nice it's always nice to get the first one off the bat um, felt like I was having a monkey on my shoulder for a little bit but finally got him off um, but yeah it's nice but it's more important we've got to win and that's the main focus is winning the games and hopefully get a good shot at the title again this year
4: And then obviously Manchester, you were uh, Manchester last year, Um, what sort of reception did you get from uh, the Storm fans?
7: Yeah, it was a really nice reception, Um, I I made some good relationships there with the fans, Um, but yeah, it was a bit of, it was kind of sucked obviously because we lost, Um, but yeah, it was nice to see some familiar faces and um, a few of the boys that I played with last year.
4: Challenge Cup action upcoming on Saturday. Uh, Dundee at home, and then Nottingham away. Sorry, Nottingham home as well. My apologies. Double header at home, um, but another two tough games upcoming.
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, like like every year in this league, every team can be every team um, on any given night. So we have just got to keep doing what we're doing. Keep keep the pace that we brought from the CHL, and hopefully we'll be successful if we
0: keep that um, the high speeds we we do. Cheers to Swinney and the longer uh, around the league. It's a, a few points. A mixed Scottish road trip for the Nottingham Panthers. It was a they had a five-one win in Dundee and a four-two defeat in Fife with uh, with Adam Morrison backstopping the Flyers to their third straight win after a four-one win for them in Coventry the night before. I think Adam Morrison picked up the uh, the Elite League Player of the Week on the back of how he's been playing recently. Um, but one of the most entertaining results of the weekend came in Dundee. Uh, The stars came from 4-1 down to take a point at home to the Sheffield Steelers in a 6-5 overtime defeat Um, but Brendan Connolly was somewhat the villain of the piece for Sheffield having got himself two simultaneous minor penalties for cross-checking and charging but this was five seconds after John Armstrong was sent to the bin for holding where he joined Jonathan Phillips in there so Connolly's antics were actually while his team were already defending a five on three uh, subsequently Dundee scored two goals that dragged him from four one to four three and back into the game in a big way uh, we will hear from Omar Pasha later but Davy Brennan Connolly's renowned for having the we've seen it ourselves
1: you know you take the rough with the smooth cons there's no there's no um, coincidence that he's had so many teams in the last number of years you know he comes in. He can. He's just certainly a very, very talented hockey player. Just take no, take nothing away from. Him. Very, very talented guy. But unfortunately, he comes with that little bit of baggage that he's just a little bit undisciplined, or maybe a lot of undisciplined. And he's he certainly cost his team
0: probably a point there on the night. Well, not that he's obviously gone on one, but I mean he's he's given the opposition a point. You give the opposition a point. I think it cost them a regulation win, certainly, which we know in this league can be very important when it comes down to the to the, to the final standings. It could be down to regulation wins, but yeah, I think it's also a highlight of, of what cons can be like. Uh, Cardiff, uh, sorry, uh, Cardiff. Clan saw it, we saw it, I guess Sheffield are going to see it as well. Uh, Cardiff, uh, like us, opened their account in both competitions this weekend with wins over Guilford in the Cup and Clan in the Elite League. Per Clan, Joel, had the Endure a banner raising in Belfast and, and in Cardiff and two losses.
2: The hockey gods can be cruel sometimes, can't they? Uh, look, the, the the Brayhead, formerly Brayhead, now Glasgow Clan are a team that I have ragged a bits for a long time. Uh, a lot of things I think. Oh, but you had right a feet. lovely
0: chummy interview with Gav Chandler's last <laughs> week, didn't you? Oh, hey. oh I <laughs> on the bit, so oh, yeah.
2: A lot of things I think these days they're doing very well. I think they're organizing themselves in the back room and and, I, and I've said it before. I think that that team has the potential. They're a sleeper in this league, and if they got their their business together on ice uh they, they could be contenders for silverware but look that's that's a tough haul to have to go around the banner uh the banner presentations uh, They're a team that can come good, but I'm
0: very interested to see how the Fitzgerald era goes on ice. Um, selecting a few fixtures from this weekend coming, Clam uh, go back to Cardiff on Saturday before they go to Sheffield on Sunday. Obviously, opening their season more or less on the road. Uh, Omar, pa- the Omar Pasha Derby is on Sunday as a storm <laughs> travel to Dundee to take on the Stars, and then the Cup. Cardiff returned to Coventry for their first competitive game in the Sky Dome since. Well, I don't need to tell you when. Uh, <laughs>
4: Take twenty-two. This is Jason Taff Ellery. Listening to oh. F-
7: <laughs> Take twenty-six. This is Jason Taff Ellery. Listen to a view from the bridge, the best podcast in the elite league.
0: Time for the Fan Agenda, brought by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. Okay, next up, we had Shane on last week, and this week, run by a man who just hit the outside of the post in overtime, it could have been so different, he had such a hell of a game on Sunday, it was Jean Dupuis, how are you doing man? Good, how are you guys? All good here, all good. How, before we get into like chatting about the weekend, how's these, what, what, what's your experience been like in Belfast so far? been wonderful beautiful
8: city Gotten the chance to walk around a little bit downtown try out a couple different pubs (laughs) the live music aspect of it all is pretty pretty incredible
0: the live music aspect that's your that's your thing is it do you like the uh a bit of a bit of live music
8: yeah that's the ambiance i find and everybody's having a good time that's good it's really great so far really enjoying it
0: what about on the ice has it been what you expected
8: yeah, it's great. We have a great group of guys. It's fun to go to the rink every day. And uh, I think we've been clicking pretty good so far. And uh, just, you know, keep working at it.
1: John, it's, it's David here. Um, ten games, as Paddy says there. You're, now, you're in the Northern Ireland and you've had ten games under your belt. Obviously, a, a nice road trip across into Europe there as well. How are you selling in? Are you enjoying it?
8: Yeah, I love it so far. Uh, like I said, we have a great group of
1: guys. So it makes it really fun to go to the rink
8: every day. And, I think the way we've been playing, the way we've been competing, and um, especially our showing in the Champions League—other than that one game in Czech—but I think uh, we prove that we can, you know, we can play. So it's fun, especially when you're in a winning culture, winning team, you know, and uh, everybody enjoys coming to the
1: rink. It's, it makes for the perfect world. Yeah, the, the one game I go to. Cheers for that one, but um, yeah, <laughs> We um, I, we had Taff on last week. Uh, just from a player's perspective, obviously you arrived very late in the Czech Republic. Okay, you just get the head to the the hotel and get your head down for a few hours. Taff there, then heads off to the rink, has everything sitting, stays up half the night, so everything's sitting. Just give a little insight from a player. What's it like to have a guy like Taff having your back?
8: It's incredible. Those guys are the unsung heroes. They they make it so easy for us and hopefully nobody ever takes it for granted. I know, especially after this trip, we all came back to the ring, gave him a hand unpacking everything, but he's the man. He keeps the team running, keeps us going. Uh, great dude all around too. Enjoy enjoy being around his presence but and on any team, trainers, you know, doctors, physios, everybody. Everybody who's in the dark. They they keep they keep the ship running, so we we really Really appreciate him, and, you know, he's the man.
2: Dips, I want to ask you about your first weekend on the road domestically. Uh, Going over to, as Patrick Smith calls it, the Drizzle Dome over in Aldringham. Uh, Having played in uh, some of the the kind of coolest rinks around Europe and and obviously in the facilities that we have in the SSE arena, what was it like to go into a a very, very different barn? You know, it, it must be a bit of a shock to the system.
8: Yeah, the rink's a little smaller, that's for sure. So everything happens a little quicker. But I think that's part of the experience. You know, you you, know, you get to experience different rinks, different sizes, different atmospheres. Uh, you know, it's a little darker in there. Things happen a little quicker. their fans are right on top of you. Um, of course, yeah, it's not like our facilities. But you know, you got to play the game. And, um, when you get put into an environment like that, you got to adapt quickly. And, you know, we're gonna play there a lot more times, so you're gonna have to figure it out.
2: And just to, to touch briefly on the tilt you had with Gagnon uh, qu- quite a tilly you guys uh, obviously came together before you went into the box uh, there seemed to have been a bit of communication during that two minutes and, and whenever you come out uh, you drop the gloves talk us through just that, that fight and, and especially I mean it's something we talked about during the game Um you really battled to stay up there and, and get a swing back in just how, how difficult was that tilt and and <laughs> did it feel good to land a big one that dropped them?
8: Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't really know who he was till after, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, like it was good. His first fight in a while, so at first I was just trying to get my bearings under me, but you know, uh, he's good. He's a good fighter too, so I really had to just dodge him and, and wait for my chance. But no, that was fun. You know, it's something I I enjoy that I missed, and uh to get the first one out of the way, get the butterflies and whatnot, and you know. It's, it was great. <laughs> just trying to get the boys going there. It was a dull game, so when you came with the opportunity I wasn't gonna shy away.
0: You you went straight down the tunnel and you plunked yourself on the uh on the table outside the dressing room before you went in. Were you just trying to calm down a bit?
8: Yeah, I was actually just waiting for ice, but <laughs> But uh yeah, no, it's usually how it goes there. the adrenaline's running. Uh kind of kind of, there was still, I
0: think, two or three minutes left in the second period, so I still wanted to watch what was going on. there. We have, um, yeah. we go to Twitter for a couple of questions, but we'll want to hear from Scott Wallace, who says, what's it to feel like to be back in the game after a year away? It's incredible. Uh, I'd really miss playing, to be honest with you. And, uh,
8: like I said, come, come to the rink with the group of guys we have. It's uh, There's nothing quite like it, to be honest with you. The environment of a hockey team, and Especially when everybody's on the same page and everybody enjoys coming around, and being each other, so uh, it's
0: it's it's a pretty incredible feeling. Yeah, it's really fun. Did you did, did it show much? You missed it, like obviously. There's an itch for the game yeah, getting exactly. back into.
8: Honestly, yeah. The Last year was pretty tough. Being you know, having to watch games and practice, and you know, as especially the first, even the 1st year pre-season game, I had butterflies and whatnot. It's like there's nothing like it. It's just like when you're a kid, so. Uh, had that that feeling hasn't dulled away yet. It's uh it's it's I love it. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, dips, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna jump back in. I I, I love looking through uh squads that you've uh, a player in the giants has played on i love the how small the hockey world can be Um i was checking through just some of the ex-giants that you've played alongside you and patrick mullen shared the ice in rochester in 1617 you actually played with jerome Leduc, who's a former giant in 1516 in rochester and also spiro galakas who was uh, a bit of a fan favorite in a very short space of time Um do you have any memories of those guys and, and if not who sticks out in your memory over everyone you've played with as just the biggest beauty in the locker room? Who who do you still tell stories about, and are any of those stories tellable on a family podcast?
8: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I didn't even realize Molly was on the team till um, like two weeks before I came here. So uh, he gave me a text, and I was like, "Well, wow, I was pretty excited to have a familiar face going into it." You know, when we played together, we roomed together when he first came over to Rochester on the road so I was a little familiar with him and uh, Jerome too good guy there's another guy you guys missed uh, Bonner Carl Bon.
2: Oh, of course oh yeah of course in Toronto yeah, yeah.
8: so when I was coming here that's where I was talking uh, with a little bit trying to get my bearings under me about what to expect and whatnot and yeah Brad Bon is a great guy uh, biggest beauty I've ever played with <laughs> and there's been a lot of guys yeah no kidding um Trying to think here. One guy that stands out more than anyone. Let me think. Uh, some guy that's just hilarious. Oh Cal okay, in Toronto our goalie, one of our goalies, Calvin Pickard. Just, this guy just made coming to the rank just incredible every day. Like he was he was funny, witty, like he can he could lighten the mood instantly upon arrival yeah I don't think anybody else uh, just hysterical when you walked in
2: we'll have to get the after dark everybody. podcast
8: yeah, we'll, we'll have to get the- the after
2: dark podcast where you can tell these stories uh and we yeah. don't have to bleep you
8: <laughs> I'm for sure missing a couple, I'm sure missing somebody right off the page. that should be obvious, but another uh, link but uh, uh, never, there's never been like a team where you know most guy, most guys are just like make it fun to come to the rink with every day so yeah you know, but um <laughs> Biggest beauty. We'll circle back to it. I'll think about it as we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's for another time. The, the other major link we obviously haven't talked about is obviously Sheldon Keith. You've you've now played for both Keith brothers as head coaches. He was with you in Sault summary and also in Toronto before you came over to play for Adam. um How are the brothers similar and how do they differ?
8: <laughs> I think it's I think they're pretty similar to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it's funny to me having obviously known Sheldon for a while and coming here and yeah, they, they, they have all the same demeanor it's kind of funny but um <laughs> which one are you more afraid of I'm more afraid of I don't know if I'm afraid but uh I don't know I've played this Sheldon for so long like just how composed he was and he was just, he's he's a really good coach let's put it that way and uh just how he thought the game and Obviously, Adam. I'm, I'm sure they talk and they exchange uh, experiences and whatnot. I think Adam's a great coach as well, and like I'm sure they they feed off each other because, well, you know, it's things they say and whatnot, and how they go about free games and whatnot. I think it's, I think it's funny, but uh, I look at it in a, you know humor. It's a pretty. I think it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool experience actually. Like I don't know how many people can say they've played for. Two brothers. I think Bonner might be the only other guy that have, might be able yeah. to say that. But that's actually what we, we talked about in the summer a little bit. You're like if you go meet Adam, like it's kind of funny having haven't played for Sheldon too. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it's great. I'd be honest with
0: you. Before we wrap it up, Mitt, we got to I'll go back to Twitter for a couple of questions. Um, yeah, a couple of lighthearted ones. Alex McLaughlin, who's the best at two touch? How's your two touch game?
8: I do not play two touch. I'm pretty pathetic at two touch. But um, <laughs> from what, from who keeps coming into the ring uh, to the room after? And apparently, Lakers pretty good. But you know, I, I, I stay away from the soccer game. <laughs>
0: uh, Catherine Hughes. Well, you've already asked. She asked you know, you, you've already asked how you're settling the Belfast life. But she asked, "What's your favorite Northern Irish delicacy?" Ooh, what do you?
8: Well, just in Guinness actually in general. No, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's that's locked in. Common and, well, they're pretty yeah, they're pretty tasty.
0: <laughs> we'll we're back to domestic action back at the uh back at the SSE this weekend against the Dundee Stars and Nottingham Panthers. How's the prep going? Good.
8: Couple days off here, get back to work tomorrow and get ready for the weekend, you know, get back on a winning track here.
0: Fantastic. It's a long season ahead. We appreciate your time, mate, and uh, good luck this weekend.
8: Appreciate it, guys. Have a good night.
0: Thanks again, Dejon. I'm. Um... This weekend's games, two home games for your Belfast Giants. Uh, first up, Saturday against the Dundee Stars at the SSE Arena in Challenge Cup action, 7pm. Get your tickets at BelfastGiants.com, Ticketmaster, or Belfast Giants TV with Mr. Kitchen, and uh, I guess it's Sheds for the foreseeable. For um, watch it there if you're not get down to the rink. Before we have a look at the game... Well, we talked about him earlier on. Um, Let's hear from him. Joel had a chance earlier to chat with Mister Omar Pasha. It is always a pleasure to welcome back
2: a friend of the show and one of the nicest guys in UK hockey. Well, I had planned to say that before I answered his call today. Dundee Dundee (laughs) Stars head coach and general manager Omar Pasha. Pasha, how are you, bud?
9: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
2: Yeah, doing good. Did we catch you at a bad moment or
9: <laughs> No, no, no. Just uh just obviously I know the pecking order, so you probably have all your giant movies done and then I'll get I'll be the last one. I don't know who else you guys are playing this weekend, so I'll probably
2: Good after him as well. So. I'm getting absolutely crushed for being like ten minutes late to a call, which is fair enough. That's okay. I'll take that on the chin. Uh, listen, it's always good to have you on, Pash. Uh, look, we're, we're only a Thanks few weeks me. only a few weeks into the season, um, but it's it's already been kind of something of a roller coaster in Dundee. You had that huge four pointer over the Clan in the cup uh, in, the, in the kind of opening weekend, and that's given way to a little bit of a dip in form. How's the feeling in the locker room and at practice at the minute? Yeah, I
9: think the guys uh, the guys are probably. You know, a bit more confident after the game against Sheffield, obviously coming back and, uh, you know, losing in overtime, which, uh, you know, on uh, on a, in a penalty that was called an overtime, but uh, having many, many chances to win the game in the third, um, you know, obviously with that big start against Glasgow, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe there was an side of overconfidence, maybe, uh, you know, thinking that it, it was um, not necessarily going to be easy, but weekends were always going to be the same. But I think we had a, a, a good awakening in the last few weeks. And I think we learned a lot about the team and the group. But um, but I really liked how we played on Sunday um, You know, after we scored on our power play in and, and that third period. And we saw that it was maybe the missing a bit of confidence, especially after the first week and everything went so well. And uh, you know we lost a bit of confidence after.
2: Yeah, and I mean I I must say just from, from my own point of view, I think the the ins are a little unfair because Dundee have rallied. You've been scoring goals. I mean it's it's definitely not panic stations anyway.
9: No, I mean it's just so early on in the season. I mean you look at a you know, we're the team I think that plays the most uh, most regular season games and you know, you look at our Challenge Cups uh, group we're we're two and one. So mm-hmm. it's a bit uh I think the standings is, is a bit too soon to look at right yeah, now. Yeah. Obviously, we're disappointed uh, at how we started in the season form, but uh, but we saw, we saw some positives on Sunday. And you know what? Uh, there's game-changing moments that happened throughout the last four games that we lost that could have been easily different and uh, obviously we would have different results. You know, we had a penalty shot in manchester that if we score that you know it's a different game And there's little moments that you can just see in every single game we lost that uh, if it went our way um you know the game would have been completely different And you just on sunday we had a five on three power play and we had the same 5 on three power play against nye and the night before and on sunday we capitalized and you know we were able to take it in an overtime and again maybe a questionable penalty at the end and um you know, so there's a lot of positives to based on. I, I like the team that we have. I, I just think uh, with a lot of new players, they always will take a bit of time. And especially when you have a rock solid start, you think maybe new players, you know, you know, you can get overconfident. And I think we we were... You know, in the last few games, we didn't have much confidence, so it's good to get that back on Sunday.
2: Yeah, you mentioned your team this year. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a new-look side for you. Um, it's it, What strikes me is it's young. You've got guys coming straight out of U Sports. It's predominantly Canadian. You've got less of a European influence. Who has emerged early on as your key guys? Who, who do you think are the ones to watch for you this season?
9: I think, uh, I think when we based the team, we wanted to add a bit more speed and skill up front, and you know, guys like Borgard, uh, you know, as a perfect example, Alvin Pierce, uh, Kevin Before, uh, you know, even a guy like he, our, I guess our only European, he goes cons. And So we were able to add a bit more uh, maybe speed and skill and Dustin mail into up front. And, you know, we, we, we wanted to go maybe a bit more of a direction where, uh, you know, last year we felt like we lost tight games because we didn't have... Um, you know, that depth offensively. So we wanted to add a bit of depth offensively. And, and in the back, I think we lost, uh, we lost, well, we replaced three three guys that um, that we wanted to upgrade. And so far, our defense, you know, I think has been okay. We still have a lot of work to be done. And, and our goaltender, we, we did decide to go with a younger goalie yeah. just because of the commencement of the games. And I think, you know, his stats are maybe not relative to how good he is. Uh, I think he was... Um, you know, a bit unlucky in the last few games to with uh, with conceiving, but um, but no, all in all, that with the roster we have, I think it's just about gelling together as a team and and playing to our strengths and our structure. And again, that takes a bit of time, and um, you know, it's not a it's not an easy fix, especially when you get a lot of new guys from everywhere in the world, whether it be U Sports or, yeah. you know, obviously they're mostly from Canada. Like getting them from U Sports or ECHL or. Mm-hmm. You know, some played in the American Hockey League. Some games too last year. So it's kind of fitting that all that mole into into here. And so, like, it's
2: something that uh, if you read, you know, UK hockey social media or the forums or whatever, something that you're often given credit for is your ability to put together these kind of talented teams on what a lot of people would consider to be one of the smaller budgets in the league. Is that like a, a general perception that you're happy with? Do you take that as a compliment?
9: You know, I, I mean, we've had this you know, a smallest budget, whatever, you know, it's been like this for years. And, you know, for me, now as general manager for now this third year, we were able to increase our resources for the last few years. So, you know, we're working, we're working really, really hard off the ice to grow our fan base, to grow our, you know, our awareness of the sport in Dungee. And we were able to have their biggest attendance ever in September when we played the, the flyers a few weeks back. Yeah. Uh so that's positive and that is just helping the sport grow. We need to you know, we need to always, always, always push the business side to, you know, to increase our budget because, you know, we want to compete against every single team. So I mean, yeah, it it, it can be good and it's always a challenge every season because, you know, sometimes we you face situations where we can't sign a player regarding, you know, a lack of resources or families or, or stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, that's where I challenge myself and to keep pushing this organization. So, you know, we, we are able to add more to our budget and we want to increase it. We want to be competitive with every single team. So, again, we have to, build a team with what we have but it doesn't mean it has to stay the same so it's up to me and the organization our commercial manager myself to keep pushing the business side to always increase and uh, i i feel like we were able to increase our you know our team from last year we were we were we will most likely have a, a better team
2: and uh, back to that team. You're currently top in the Challenge Cup group ahead of your first trip to Belfast this season. What are your keys to the game on Friday night or Saturday night? Sorry, what does it take to beat the Giants in Belfast?
9: Well, for now we're still in the process uh, starting the week to to kind of uh, you know fix our mistakes over the course of the last weekend I and the few last weekends, and we want to find our defensive abilities back. We want to get back to what we were good at at the start and also things that we need to improve. So a bit the focus is on us at the start of the weekend. After that, you know, we've watched, I've watched uh, Belfast a few times now, uh, whether it be in the Champions League or, you know, regular season games from this past weekend. And I and I think there's no secret, I mean, at home, they are a really, really, really good team. And, you know, even in Manchester, I thought they were probably, you know, a team that were a little bit unlucky on the night because they seemed to outshot them half. you know, it's a team that has a lot of grit, a lot of, you know, that works their bags off, that has a lot of grit. And, mm-hmm. and obviously there's a lot of offense too there. So, um, you know, we just need to make sure we we bear down a bit better defensively. I mean, you know, we have to be a bit more, uh, I would say, a bit more... Uh, minded defensively that we were last weekend to avoid giving up uh, grade eight chances and if we're able to cut that down I think we have a a bit more offense than we did last year and that will help us win hockey games
2: so i mean obviously patch keeping dundee competitive across all of the competitions is your job uh, but if you were pressed what's your primary focus this year are you looking at league position are you looking at seedings for a run at the playoffs or do you look at the challenge cup final as an area where the dundee stars could cause an upset you know guilford made it to the, the final and lost just in overtime to the giants last year what would be your main focus
0: well the main
9: focus is obviously uh you know making the top eight in the playoffs and qualifying for the challenge cup and I think this year it's important for us to, you know, to be very, very competitive and, and to achieve our goals. Um, you know, just a few weeks back, we were fortunate enough in the newspapers when we beat Glasgow, we were on the top page uh, even when, uh, you know, Dundee and Dundee United were playing, you know, a derby game. So it just shows there's a lot of awareness of the sport in Dundee. So mm-hmm. if we have success on the ice, that will just help uh, our, our, you know, our club grow. So obviously results will help. and. No, but we are realistic. every game to be a challenge, but I say that for us, and I'm sure every single team will say the same thing, so, yeah, yeah our goal is obviously to make the playoffs challenge cup, but you know I don't like to just say this is our goal this you know because that will just undermine maybe the team. I think we have the potential to achieve even more if we you know gel together quickly and 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 go from
0: there Cheers to Pash always give value with the big man um. Before we talk about these games as a, as a group, uh, we also play Nottingham Panthers on Sunday at the SSE Arena, back the Elite League action, their first Elite League home game of the season, Sunday, 4pm. Uh, tickets at Ticketmaster, com. And if you can't get down to the game, of course, Jans TV with Siz. Um... <laughs> Joel, I'll start with you because we all know Davy loves this section. So I'll leave him in hot anticipation on what he's going to say. Uh, but you know, after the disappointment in Aldrigham on Sunday night, back into the SSC Arena against Dundee, who you know they've shown against the Sheffield Steelers that they can they can cause a an upsetting comeback. But uh, the the Giants will want to hit the ground running once again.
2: I'm a fan of of uh, Pash as a coach. You know, uh, we talked about it a bit in the interview about him perceived ability to to pull very talented and very cohesive teams uh, from what a lot of people would consider to be a small budget and to me at the minute the stars you know thankfully it's a challenge cup group game and with the with the very creative challenge cup format it's not going to be too much of an ask as I knock on wood to get out of that group you know you get six games to not come last um what do but you I mean think
0: of uh, that I'd say I know we, we, we've sketched over it a little bit but it seems like, especially you look at uh, the the Manchester Storm, Nottingham Panthers, Sheffield Steelers group, pointless.
2: It is completely pointless, and I, I, to be honest, it's probably my biggest disappointment this year. I think we're doing the right thing in terms of the league. I think. A ten-team straight league where you play each team six times is perfect. I think that's that's the the fairest way to see where the land lies uh, with with such a small league. Um, I I'm one of these people that defends the Challenge Cup. I think that if it was uh, structured correctly. To me, it's uh, it's weighted heavier than the playoffs. Our playoffs is a glorified round, a glorified round robin held over one weekend. It's a big event for the fan base. It's good fun, whatever else. But the cup, to me, has always been more important than the playoffs. And it's just a shame, you know. That I think you could take this right back to basics, as we have done with the league, and you could have a very engaging cup competition. You could also buy a decent cup as well. <laughs> um, at the minute, I think the league is 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 letting, fifth
0: different cup. I think man.
2: Yeah, that's it. I, I, and the, the current one is is a trophy shop special, Um, unfortunately. I still miss that fantastic, rusted, sort of bronzy one that the Nottingham Panthers seem to have stolen and hidden in a cupboard. But um, it's a shame to me. I I want to get behind the Challenge Cup, but the fact remains, I mean, I I was so excited to be back at hockey after being away for a week and obviously missing the CHL, but I definitely didn't jump up and scream when the Giants dispatched the clan as they did because I knew that it was such a middle-of-the-road unimportant, if I can say that game. I think think the Challenge Cup could be so... I know, I know, I know it sounds bad, but I think the Challenge Cup could be so much more if the format was rejigged a little bit. Especially if you played the bulk of the games early in the season and had that early excitement before the league really begins to ramp up. At the minute it just feels like we're nearly filling slots so that each team can have more games and, and fans can come to more hockey games. Um it just doesn't sit right. But uh, you know that aside. Stars coming in on Saturday, potential banana skin. They're on a bit of a, a losing run after having beaten the Clan twice early in the season, and obviously the comeback that you've just talked about there against Sheffield. Um, they're, they're a team that are dangerous on any given night. I, I, I respect Passion. I think he's a, he's a good coach, and that the Stars are a gritty team. Um, but I'm not entirely worried, as I said last weekend. The real show this weekend is the Nottingham Panthers on Sunday. We need to start banking league points. And, uh, you know, I'll take the point on the road. uh, But whenever you come home, whenever you come back into the SSE, these are the points now that you will look at. Uh, come Christmas and and down the stretch, where you think, oh God, if only we'd won this or won that, you know the the uh, it's an old cliche in the elite league, but the points that you bank every single weekend is playoff hockey. You need to start doing it right now if you're going to be in contention for silverware at the end. So Sunday is the only show in town for me. I'm sorry.
0: On Sunday, David, you know Nottingham Panthers, new coach, new setup. You've got uh, you've got Set. Uh, uh, as a as a sort of general manager, you've got Tim Walsh at the, uh behind the bench. So, a couple of maybe surprising appointments. And a new look to your side, who you had a difficult weekend last weekend in Scotland against, uh, or a mixed week against the Dundee Stars and, and the Fife Flyers. But Nottingham over the last couple of years are, are maybe trying to find themselves again. Yeah, the post. Uh... Nielsen era i suppose it was always
1: going to be difficult He was a guy who okay he only brought them one league championship but he brought them a lot of success in cup competitions and you know they're always a hard team to put away they're always come, they're big they're physical he's always signed a few you know the galacticos the facebook galacticos as we call them you know they always they always have a few players that are with with you know big resumes big names so you know i expect a lot of the same both teams that are coming this weekend you know can score a lot of goals and are a bit the the quote Derek Walsh, you know they're a bit loosey goosey at the back, so we get on the overs five point five both night boys and uh, you know, is that in addition to the given blood bet? <laughs> well, we'll see. Taken
0: blood bet, that's what that is. It's, it's, it's not a no. Know,
1: it's not a no. I don't uh, I don't particularly like previewing games, as you know, Paddy. But you know, as as Joel said, you know the old hockey cliche: you'll take one game at a time. But my eye is firmly set on on Sunday afternoon
0: here. After those two games, Dundee Stars at the SSE Arena, Challenge Club Action, Saturday 7pm, get yourself down there, and if you can't get down there, Belfast Giants TV, and likewise, the Nottingham Panthers on Sunday, Elite League Competition, 4pm at the SSE Arena, tickets on Ticketmaster or BelfastGiants.com, and if you can't, it's live.BelfastGiants.com for Giants TV with sis and Sheds. Any other business boys? Yes, just very briefly, just when you talk about Belfast Giants television there, Patty, Um,
1: I see today they've put out an offer um, yes. that they're going to be doing a season pass or uh, an on-demand pass. Maybe you can enlighten me further, but that looks like something there's been a lot of feedback people want to see longer highlights people want to see this and that well there's your opportunity get yourself a season pass watch the games again when you get home
0: yes i I actually i don't know the details because i've just mentioned but it's something that i saw spotted on their website there the weekend and i can see that if you're a say uh uh, i'll get in contact with them and bring it back to you next week but i think it's like if you're like a a glasgow clan fan or a nottingham panthers fan or dundee stars fan you can actually buy every single game this season in Belfast for a cut down fee if you just pay in one go, I think it's like 27 quid or something like that, and you'll get all three games, um, you know, for for a a, a, a reduced price uh, and likewise you can have a full season or you can have a uh, an on demand only and watch it at home later on um some great initiatives from the guys at Belfast Jazz TV but we know we you know we've talked about the, the great work they do time and time again Joel you know the, the guys put so much effort in there with regards to you know Neil and Johnny and, and dave Laurie and, and and sheds and and, and and mr Simon kitchen you know they, they're doing a great job. This season and it it's a great operation
2: fantastic and it just keeps getting going from strength to strength you know there there are very high quality uh webcast productions in the elite league but for my money we have the absolute dream team uh, and and to be able to sit in the media box on a game night and watch the amount of work that goes into putting something like that together and just how much care they put into their craft nothing is done in half measures those guys are working their tails off from hours before face-off and they're often some of the last guys out of the arena after everyone's done and i just i I love them to bits Absolutely brilliant uh, and long may it last.
0: Uh, anything for yourself, Joel?
2: Just a really quick congratulations uh, to two of the kind of BC originals from from back in my days of... of uh of uh, being a hallion up in the corner there. Uh, James Blone and Cheryl Totten uh, uh, welcomed their first baby son into the world this past week, We baby Isaac. So um, just a huge congratulations from all of us and uh, two really, really good folks. And it's, it's lovely to see baby Isaac uh, here safely and, and everyone's healthy and happy. So huge congratulations to them.
0: Ah, Well done. Congratulations. That's fab news. Um, right. Well, I think on that note, there's no better place to finish. Like I said, the game's Dundee. The- Stars at the SSE Arena, Saturday, 7pm. Nottingham Panthers, Sunday, 4pm. Get your tickets, get yourself down there to see your Elite League and Challenge Cup champions try to defend their trophies. And if you can't, Belfast Giants TV, you'll be watching it just like me, uh, with Sheds and with Mr Simon Kitchen uh, behind the mic. Um, Big thanks to Paul Swindlehurst, Kieran Long, Jean Dupree and to Omar Pasha and of course, the wonderful Laura Small. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us at AVFTB, uh, is us on Twitter. KingdomOfGiants.com is, of course, the website for all the highlights, the game reports, the interviews, and a few really great pre- pieces of the last couple of weeks from the likes of Gary Jackson and and, and Chris Lovell. So if you want to write anything, articles at com. get in touch. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, and on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB for all those post-game interviews and podcasts and everything besides. Mr. McJimsey, Mr. Neil, thank you for your time. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, boys. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge.